Welcome to the 128-Bit Nerd Church Podcast. I'm Jamin. I'm a Tyler. And, and I'm Matt. Yes. People just call me Shot. <laughs> Matt or Shot, you call him what you want. Back what? when I There's knew him. There's a third person in this chat? <laughs> yes, a third person. Sorry. Normally, it's just me and Tyler and occasionally uh, Baptists joining us to talk about... <laughs> Chris Evans. The occasional Baptist. The occasional Baptist. No, <laughs> uh, Pastor Dallas joined us a while back. That was a fun episode. But today we're talking about <laughs> consoles, and I, I thought, Tyler, we haven't had a chance to talk about it. I thought we could name this episode Console Me. Console Me? No? Oh, man. No, no Jamin. I, I totally didn't get it. We I, can you describe it? Go more? for the puns here. Okay. All right. Well... Either way, uh, I was thinking, you know, Matt shot when we were kids in his parents' house, hanging out, eating deep fried cheese sticks for extended periods of time. Uh, he would tell me all the stories of the consoles and how they evolved and imploded and, and the relationships between the people who made the consoles and I thought he was making it all up, but since then I have heard such stories. So I thought uh, we should uh, bring him in cause he could probably add into it, but there's new consoles coming out right now. There's old consoles that we've loved and adored and, and uh, who knows what else. So I thought it'd be a fun conversation, talk about our favorites and attempt really hard to find impossible spiritual application, which I'm already prepared to do. But we'll see what happens. So, well, will it be a stretch, Jamin? I think it's going to be a stretch. I think it'll be less of a stress stretch than you think. So, really, yeah, okay. we'll find out. What are you, and what are you doing? I'm lighting a candle because we're videoing this as always on the live stream. So, I'm trying to look visually interesting. What are you oh, doing? Oh, okay. I'm uh, I'm just looking like a potato over here, and I think it's working. So. That is visually interesting, even though I just <laughs> dropped my Scott Pilgrim Funko Pop on the ground. Okay, um, so let's let's. I guess we might as well start with the current ones coming out. What are you guys excited for, or are you guys just PC people at this point? Not politically well, correct. Nobody's that anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> the computer. Well, I would definitely shift around uh, my desk and everything, but it's a mess right now because I just threw everything in, in a big pile to get everything ready for this stream. So uh, I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm just going to tell you that uh, PC is, in fact, the, the master race um, in the Council War. So, Shot, I mean, do you, you agree don't... with that? I mean, you both have one. I have a Mac, so... I guess if I had to pick just one, I would definitely go with the PC because it can pretty much play anything. And it can mod um, but, your other consoles, like a Switch. But there is something to be said about just being able to hit a power button on a console and just sit on the couch as well. I mean, being a computer programmer sitting at my computer all day, last thing I want to do some evenings is sit at my computer some more, and a change of even like aesthetic helps a lot. So sit in front of a bigger screen somewhere else is what you're saying. That's right, on a comfier seat. <laughs> on a comfier Interesting, seat. Interesting, yeah, because like, I go from, I'm, I'm in sales uh, all day. So, <laughs> uh, you know, 
uh, I, I'm at a desk sitting at a computer too, but it's totally different. You know, I'm typing constantly, calling people on a phone constantly. So when I get home, I'm like, man, I just want to like sit down in front of my like PC and just like use it for something fun. I got a nice different keyboard, like for both things. And uh, yeah, just totally different on that, that end. And and uh, when I did have a, I still have a Switch because uh, I, I can't play most of the games uh through anything else uh, i could but that's illegal guys so don't do that what tyler is saying is he may or may not have been cheating on pokemon lately well it's not okay so it's not it, it, it's <laughs> how do you cheat at pokemon it's not cheating i i'm just doing a random uh sword and shield randomizer nuzlocke yeah he's playing it oh. like it's fire emblem he's making the game eight million times harder for reasons i can't comprehend <laughs> I just enjoy uh, challenging games. So when I'm playing, you know, on a on a Switch, I'm I'm thinking like, man, I really want to make this challenging. I played through a Nuzlocke and I had fun. I won. It was pretty easy. I did like the no potions, none of that kind of stuff. You don't know what a Nuzlocke is. Um, you're catching Pokemon on I'm the first Pokemon in every route in a Pokemon game. Um, and then uh, you. you you have to nickname your Pokemon, and if your Pokemon faints, they are considered dead, and you have to put them in your PC or release them, um, and you can't use them for the rest of the game. So, in order to make it more challenging, a lot of people like to randomize this, um, but as people know, Nintendo doesn't like for um, or people to be able to... for that matter. <laughs> No, because like Xbox and PlayStation now allow for modding through a lot of their games, um, but Nintendo is still very much so against that. Uh, probably because they have a younger like uh, base of like the people that play on Nintendo aren't like you know aren't usually like adults all the time. There's definitely a majority of like children playing on Nintendo devices, so I'm pretty sure that's why they're keeping it that kind of a way. And also, they're like industry standard. You know, they're like gold star of approval nintendo system um if this doesn't all prove that i'm a nerd and i fit in uh to nerd church pretty well then i, I don't know what does but uh yeah I, I i love the switch but definitely pc is the the superior console because i was able to mod my switch through my pc so that i could actually play a randomizer nuzlocke um without you know an illegal copy of the game or anything like that i just took my copy and randomized where the Pokemon and uh, what Pokemon spawn where. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, when I look at like what PlayStation, you know, my PS4, which I've had for how long shot? When did this thing come out? Uh... I have your PlayStation 4. Oh, you have, I have Kevin's <laughs> PlayStation 4. You have my PlayStation 4. Uh, but that thing goes back quite a ways when i look at like what the speed of a pc and the games are for that you know just because it's <laughs> it's constant update of eh, i just buy some more ram whereas my playstation i have to know something to rip into it man it just uh obviously the pc is probably at the top but what it doesn't have of course is your exclusives so i guess yeah. when we think exclusives between nintendo ps4 xbox where do you guys land you want like all of it or there's one in particular that you're always into because for me I mean, I've, I've never had an xbox so i don't know what i'm missing i guess so that makes it a little easier <laughs> Scott, i'll let you take this one <laughs> uh <laughs> i mean so 
I'm not too different from Tyler in the sense that my first two choices would be PC and then Nintendo because Nintendo has a bunch of stuff on it you can't get elsewhere. It's, you know, their games are fairly unique that they're, you know, appropriate for all ages, but no one does, you know, a 3D platformer better than Mario in most cases or, you know, a fun, like, family-friendly racing game better than Mario Kart, etc. Um, but I do like to eventually play most of what comes out i'll kind of like prioritize pc and nintendo and then usually later on i'll pick up the playstation or something and then you know go through the backlog of what i missed once it's all cheap that's true yeah i mean games do drop especially when steam came out and started running this new yeah you can get our full life games for like three five bucks whatevs you know uh it's shot's fault that I'm even a gamer, to be honest. Like I've always enjoyed video games. I've played them for my whole life, but like about that phase where you have a choice to make as to if you're gonna be a nerd or you're going to like let video games go, shot comes around. He's like, check out all these games I have. This one's from Japan. It's called Ikaruga and and blah blah blah. You know, it's like <laughs> Uh, I didn't know all these weird games existed like outside Rumble. of Mario and whatnot. So it's Shot's fault <laughs> that like, I was like exposed to a whole new world. But then he kept betraying mm-hmm. everyone. You know, it was like, yeah, man, only PlayStation and Nintendo. Xbox is stupid. And then the new Xbox comes out. And he's like, I'm done with PlayStation. They're dumb. I'm Xbox now. <laughs> like, Sean, I don't know what I'm supposed to like anymore. You keep betraying everything. <laughs> I have no brand loyalty, basically what it comes down to. He doesn't. Yeah, I don't really have a brand loyalty either. I mean, uh, I used to be a big Xbox person back in like high school. Um, I used to play a lot of Call of Duty, and I was probably a squeaker. Um, but, you know, I just... I, I, when I got into college and everything and I started seeing, you know, what games were coming out for both, I was just kind of like, eh, you know, both the games are good. Like, I can honestly play the same game for just, like, hours on end, so I really only need, like, one console if I'm going to play, and uh, I'd rather have the one that all my friends have, right? I think that's, like, the biggest contender for, like, why you grab a console, at least in my opinion, um, is, like, oh, what are my friends playing right now? And, uh, or, like, you know, the mutual, the exclusive, like, this is a this is a PlayStation exclusive, which is are usually like the best games are PlayStation exclusives. And it, it stinks because I really want to play Bloodborne, um, but I can't because I don't have a PlayStation. You haven't so, played it ever? No, I played it. I just oh. haven't beat it. I was going to say, but, that's a game that I started playing because you told me to try it out. I didn't realize yeah, you I hadn't played it, played it or at least no, I, <laughs> extensively. Yeah. Well, I've, I mean, I've probably played it more than you have. How long have you played uh, 30 minutes or so. I kept dying. Tyler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've done like 10 hours, so. Okay, you win that round. Yeah, so that's the game I picked the PS4 up for as well. Mm-hmm. Once you get past the, uh, I can't remember the name. It's been years since I played it. What's the, the guy in the graveyard at the beginning of the game? Mm. He's like the first tough boss. Gascoigne. If you get past him, you're good. Father Gascoigne. Oh, man. Yeah. Or Gascoin. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think, so for for me, like, I love Nintendo. You can't get those kind of games, like, anywhere else, you know? Like, that's part of oh, what yeah. makes them classic. Their franchises have lasted for so long now, um, and their games are usually high quality. But what, what, like, bummed me out 
was the GameCube was a great mix of of all of that, the like Nintendo uh, type games, and then some more like I don't want to say adult, but like things that you at least wouldn't have like young kids like just dive right into. So you finally yeah. had a console that had like a good mix of stuff, you know, and then and then the Wii came out. It's like it was like it was made for little children just like hey come play cooking mama everybody you know and i'm like what what happened and we've got our we put all the novelty into moving a controller that half works <laughs> like no what happened <laughs> does mickey mouse own nintendo yeah. he does i mean epic mickey come on we've all played it <laughs> I think that's where yeah. you got the biggest example of me not having brand loyalty because when we were in like high school, like the GameCube was, it's probably my favorite console ever in terms of like all the ones from my childhood that I played. Yeah. Because it had that like great mix of like fun games you could play with people. Mm -hmm. And then also like not like adult, like mature games entirely, but you know, like more challenging, like bigger experiences. Yeah. Um, did y'all just say the GameCube was out when you were in high school? Yeah, I mean, you were what, in the womb still, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I was I was quite young. I think I was in, like, elementary school, middle, like, just going into middle school, maybe. Look, man, I grew up with the NES. The NES. I mean, like, it doesn't I mean, get played... too much older than that, other than Atari and Famicom. Yeah. Wow, man. <laughs> That just uh, that hit me a little off guard. Just kind of like, whoa. <laughs> well, that was the games that we had in high school. And then, you know, the Wii came out and was very different. And so Shot switched me over to PS4 at that point, or PS3, because now we had some bigger kind of adventure-feeling things. You know, like there's Adventure Nintendo, but it's not like as uh, painted in a real world. There's usually a cartoony kind of feel to it. And then... For me, Uncharted really sucked me in from there into kind of Indiana Jones-like experience on a new level. So from there, I, I've I've never had Xbox, but PS4 and Nintendo products have pretty much always been what I've been playing. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. So we've, we've talked about, like, favorite consoles and uh, what we use primarily and, like, how we kind of got to that point. But, you know... One of my biggest things with with a console is uh, like what it actually gets used for a majority of the time. So like when I was in high school, my Xbox was just a Netflix machine, like ninety percent of the time. And uh, so it's like I had a three sixty Netflix machine. <laughs> well, yeah. So like I played that in Modern Warfare, and that was about it. And, uh, like, that was that was just, like, kind of what I did. So, like, did you guys, was, was it, like, exclusively, uh, like, games for you? Or did you use your machine as, like, a, like, because I had it for, like, chatting with, like, my friends from school and stuff like that, like, while I was doing things. And, like, so I know you guys had, like, high school and it was, like, you know, GameCube. <laughs> so you guys were plugging in, like, the screen that attaches to the GameCube and, like, carrying it around by its little little hook thing on the back of it you know to get it everywhere but uh what like for the newer consoles at least what have you used them for outside of um gaming if at all 
I mean, mine's I mean, mostly been gaming. At least by the time I had an Apple TV, I I didn't really. I streamed all my video into that and used gaming for for all my consoles mostly. Really? Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've ever used mine too much for like heavy socializing. But you know, being uh, in a different country now, it is nice to catch up with people and just play a game and just have something to do to talk with some people I don't see too often for a few hours at a time. Um, sure, but yeah. other than that, it's mostly gaming or... Yeah, I can't think of ever... Kind of similar to Jamin. Like, we, I used to stream on it, but not anymore just because all that stuff's put into other things that just boot up quicker. Yeah, I've never actually streamed from a uh, console. I've only ever streamed from my PC and uh yeah i just it's always just been a better experience for me I, i've seen uh we've streamed uh minecraft from nerd church through uh through the console and there was it would just always there was always a problem streaming it it, it dropped like half the time and yeah. oh well minecraft had issues in minecraft <laughs> do not work well together yeah minecraft is sorry go ahead I was going to say, honestly, I think that's the biggest change you're going to notice with the new consoles. It's not going to feel totally different in terms of actually playing a game, but what's actually in there is it's going to blur the lines of what's on PC. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping that that's kind of because I, I want that, honestly. Um, I want my console to kind of act because I don't I, I like being able to upgrade my PC constantly and um, just continuing to get a better, like having a better environment for, for like streaming or for playing. But the problem for me is I also want the versatility to just, as you said, turn on something that can game, but then I want the option still to be able to go out and, you know, like quickly go to Facebook or something while I'm, while I'm like playing or um, I don't know, I'm weird. And I just want to have like everything in one place. So that's why a PC was always so intriguing to me, where now that, you know, Xbox and PlayStation are kind of just becoming computers uh, with like a gaming center, I feel like that's what I already have for my computer, which is, you know, kind of what I'd want. And honestly, um, they're doing like next gen stuff, next gen graphics, and if they're able to keep up with... Um, you know, I'm not top of the line computer stuff right now, so um, and PC stuff. So honestly, I would love for them to get closer to that idea of like becoming a game-centered computer um, that can also do all these other things. Because it would just it would meet my need specifically as a person who just enjoys playing games and then wants to be able to do other things on that. To where my PC would then just become like a, a machine that I use for streaming or modding or something similar or maybe even streaming can be better through those devices which i think would be really cool because i'd love to get back into streaming <laughs> which if you're looking for streaming check out jackson cloud on twitch or we actually have a lot of 12 awaiters who stream casey mellinger he'd be under inoculant or uh joel would be under joe bags and you could find them all is it isn't it joe Bo baggins joe Bo baggins that's right he did change it okay so you could you could check them out, um, and then of course Jackson Cloud streams on Thursdays from four to five. Twelve oh eight bit nerd church is part of the Jackson Cloud network, so hence why I sound like I'm making a pitch all of a sudden. JacksonCloud.com. <laughs> Telling me that wasn't just a smooth segue. Oh, totally smooth. Uh, so here was here was the thing that gets lost in this still for me. Uh, all these consoles over the years keep progressing 
and exploding. And then we have the weirdest of all stories, which is Sega. <laughs> Sega. Is that copyrighted? Uh, probably. Tyler, you didn't even probably grow up with a like a Dreamcast in mind. Yes, I did. Did you? I mean, if GameCube yeah, was, was our high school, Dreamcast would have been our elementary is when it came out. Yeah, well, you know, we they, they, they still exist. So, like, Jamin, I grew up in a very poor household. So uh, when I went over to friends' houses, they were also kind of poor. And so we didn't have, like, the, the newest console when I was younger. Um, it was like... Oh hey man, what do you, what do you, what console do you have? And he's like, oh man, I just got this like NES, so great. And like we played like Pokemon on like the Nintendo Color. And like I would then look out my window and watch these kids coming by with like a Game Boy Advance, and I'd be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so advanced. <laughs> so yeah, no, I think that I actually. And my problem also is I literally am right in between Gen Z and Millennial. Like I was born in 1995. So, like, nobody knows what I am. I don't know what I am. <laughs> People call us Zillennials at some times. I, Who am I? I know exactly what you're talking about. I played those games um, because all of my older friends played those games. And then all of my younger friends are like, what? There was a time when you didn't have a phone? And I was like... <laughs> So yeah, I have I have no idea. Right. I fall in this weird little place. I it grew up where everything was behind. So I don't know. I, I played the NES. I played the Sega. Dude, Sonic, come on, man. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is like Sega was always it was it was the only competitor at the time to Nintendo. You either had a a Nintendo or a Sega. And Sonic, I mean, you could either be a chubby little plumber guy or you could be like um weighty, you know, like. I'm cool and rad, and what are we doing right now? I'm too fast for all of you, you know. And so, like, you always had had the choice between the cool guy or the strange plumber man in Princess go. World with mushroom people. You know, it's just like, <laughs> and so Sonic was was a very big competitor. And man, we go from we go from uh, uh, the the the. NES to the Super NES, you know, like we've got a, a good jump right there in graphics, mm -hmm. but Sega, when they jump, it's like from, from a Sega to like the Dreamcast, <laughs> which, and I'm, I know there's like little things in before, like a Game Boy that takes like 800 batteries to, to work. Right. But you remember that shot? <laughs> yeah. The Game Gear, that thing was terrible. What was it? Like 16... It was like eight AA batteries, and it died after three hours. Yeah, yeah, but even though it was terrible, like the graphics were beyond like what was comparable at the time. And then I think they had what Sega CD, which didn't do well, but like hopped up the graphics again. That was one that got really confusing with the Genesis, where they add out those stupid add-ons where you yeah. could have the Genesis, and then you could plug in the 3DX, and you could plug in the CD, and everyone was like, "I don't even know what this monstrosity is." Anymore. And then there's Sonic and Knuckles in which you can plug Sonic 3 in top of Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what is this? Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> oh, Tylar, dude, they put out a video game that you plug another video game into. Like, it's the original DLC, man. It's, That's cool. <laughs> it was cool because it worked. But, like, eventually the Dreamcast comes out. Out of nowhere, the graphics are beyond anything we've ever seen before. And it's got, it's one hit, you know, Sonic Adventure, and then 
and then they tried making their own Mario Party Sonic, which was the like lo- every loading screen was every four seconds and was five minutes long. <laughs> so it say flopped. For, <laughs> say for me, it was just the Sonic Adventure and Soul Calibur machine. Yeah, which it was for everyone because they ran out of money super quick when everyone started burning CDs because they had no yep. protection on this. So like, they lose all their money and they flop and then they start pumping games out to Nintendo which was like super surprising and then from there they just like wasn't they... Nintendo also going downhill at that point though until they made the Nintendo like licensed like Nintendo approved like games probably which was a weird thing is that GameCube which was one of my favorite Nintendo devices was actually like one of their biggest flops wasn't it shot yeah it didn't do very well at all what? um because I think it was a lot of those people who was part of their market at that point growing up in the 90s, the, like, like you know, uh, what was, like, like, radical or, like, the cool machine was, like, the more, like, adult one at that point. Like, everyone was starting yeah, to get a bit older, like so everyone wanted to play, like, shooters and stuff. That was what was becoming, like, the cool thing to do. At least in, like, my bubble is what it felt like. And when you looked at the... Uh, at that generation, you had the original Xbox, so Microsoft came out onto the scene. You had the PlayStation 2 and then the GameCube, and the GameCube just looked like this little kid's toy box <laughs> compared to the other one, where the other ones were like serious entertainment machines that you could play all oh, the man. cool stuff on. It was way more advanced. Yeah, my first my first system altogether was an Xbox, like an original Xbox. Um, it, I had hockey on it, um, so yeah weird times but uh i do remember uh eventually getting a gamecube and actually loving it way more maybe it was because i only had like hockey and like one other game for like the xbox that i don't remember but like man the gamecube had like super smash dude and you could just like you could just smack people around and like it was fun my brother would get mad because i'd just continue (laughs) continue to spam on him and he would continue to lose and then he'd just get upset and run away they had the c stick dude that c stick for madden Ooh, it feels so good. It's fresh. It, it's so much better than a PlayStation or Xbox like like right thumbstick thing. That C stick, when you hit somebody, it felt like it hit. So like, man, I don't know. I'm only but mad I'm, I'm that I understand what you're saying when you say that. <laughs> yeah, it's just the GameCube is something else, and it's still the thing is it maybe it flopped back then, but it is still one of the most popular Nintendo devices like today. Like people want GameCubes. Or at least like games from that era have held up extremely well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, was that Jet like Force Gemini? Game... Was Jet Force Gemini on the cube, or was that sixty four? Sixty four. Oh, okay. Well, sixty four had great games too. But... Uh, yeah, I was gonna think like GameCube. The ones that people at least that Nintendo still hasn't really made good sequels to from that era are like the Metroid Prime games or, hmm. um, like. <laughs> Yeah, the that original one... style of Paper Mario, like Thousand Year Door, was amazing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, the Paper Mario, the the recent two, have really brought back their humor, but it still hasn't quite nailed the gameplay. But but Metroid, what about your strange like Samus is all scared of everything now, Metroid? You know. <laughs> I mean, after that flop on the Wii, I they haven't touched that since. Yeah. Uh, 
before we lose sight of Sega altogether, though, Tyler, I don't know if you know this, and I still don't know if Shot's making it up or not, but I've heard it from others at this point. Didn't, like, Sega kind of get, like, they lost everything partially because of some deal with Sony at one point? That was Nintendo. Oh, Nintendo and Sony were working together? Yeah, yeah the Nintendo oh, PlayStation. Okay. Was, that's where the PlayStation moniker first came from. So they were they were making a console together, and then Sony just like said never mind and continued without them. No, a oh, bunch of like legal sense. mumbo jumbo happened where a lot of the stuff was going to go to Sony, and Nintendo didn't want that, so they decided to split off. And Sony already put a bunch of R and D into the system itself, and decided to just launch their own thing anyways with the PlayStation trademark that they owned. Yep. If you actually look online, there's actually a couple prototypes that exist. I think one went for some auction for like a dollar there's like a nintendo playstation it looks sort of like a weird hybrid of a super nintendo with like playstation written on it and like a disk drive <laughs> weird man like uh yeah sony and uh, nintendo have have a very interesting history and, and japan taking off with with like that industry is kind of crazy too but uh the, one, the thing that makes Nintendo succeed, especially during this era, is the fact that everyone else just made a console. Like, Sony was like, we make uh, PlayStations, and Xbox was like, we make Xboxes. Or Microsoft was like, we make Xboxes. And uh, none of them were making games like Nintendo was. Um, and was like, no one was like certifying those games and standing behind them. And even to this day, it's the exclusive games that are getting like the biggest reason as to why you buy a device. Like, man, Nintendo just made the right decision in saying, not only are we going to uh, go ahead and, you know, invest into the um, into the device and to the to the actual console, but we're also going to invest into our games um, and make sure that our games are so up to standard and so good that people want a Nintendo just to play our games, which is exactly why I have a Switch and no other console other than my PC. So... I, I gotta give it to Nintendo. That's really smart, and I think everyone else has been chasing that ever since. Yeah, their exclusives have definitely helped them out. PlayStation, for me, they still have the exclusives that are right in like the the area that I I want as well. You know, like the most recent God of War. I don't care for the ones before it, but the most recent ones, like talk about an epic adventure or uh, Spider Man. I I rarely 100% a game, and that one I just like enjoyed every moment of it, and just about 100%ed it, except for taking pictures of things where it didn't tell me where they were on the map. For that, I was like, nah, never mind. 99.9%ed <laughs> <laughs> it. 99.9%ed it, yeah. Uh, what I about mean, the. I'm, oh, go ahead. I'm terrible at completing stuff, although I finally, I think I got my first platinum trophy ever just like a few months ago if you I say persona that. 5 it was it was <laughs> yeah is it, how isn't that game already massive without 100 percenting it i mean the i think part of it was just because the trophies didn't require you too much on top of just completing the game oh but that's still like you know 120 hours man is this did it, i i I, I tried. I tried. Maybe I need to go back to this because you and Olivia keep talking about this game nonstop. Like if you if you don't remember it and you're gonna start over anyways, play Royal. Now we're getting off topic, but anyways, that's my favorite game. 
system. It's always on topic. Always on topic. Yeah. We've never been this on nerd topic church, on man. <laughs> we've, we've, nerd we've never out. strayed. Yeah. We've never uh, spoken anywhere off the topic. We've always been consistently on topic, just like Gandalf. Um, a wizard doesn't, you know, arrive when when he's told to arrive. He arrives when he is supposed to. Be. Just to, like we're on topic when we're supposed to be. I really like that Tyler's analogy as to how we're on topic is that on an episode about consoles, he starts talking about Lord of the Rings all of a sudden. So it's, well, it's just necessary. <laughs> what about uh, with the new consoles? Where are you guys, do you have any plans? Tyler's a nope. no. Um, I mean, maybe if I can find one in stock. I Shot's always going to get everything by the end. He's going to talk about how he doesn't like one, but he'll have it eventually. So, <laughs> Like I said, I always pick up towards the end if I don't have it and miss out on, like, get the few games I missed out on for very cheap. Yeah, the only the only way I would, uh, only reason I would buy a console for is a PlayStation 5, um, simply because they have the new Demon Souls remake. Um, coming out on the PlayStation 5. And I don't know if you've seen that, but it looks it looks good. It I mean, to be really honest, good. that's the only exclusive game between the two new consoles this holiday yeah. season. Miles Morales, man. That's not exclusive. It's on the PS4. Oh, well, but it's still PlayStation. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm I... saying, like, what game out there can you not play on any other device other than, like, the new thing out yeah, well, that's always kind of like the first step of a console is there's not a lot there. I I plan on getting a PS5 as soon as I can find one at this point. I just don't know when I'm going to find one. It's probably going to be, what, Christmas, January, adding COVID and political explosions, and we'll, we'll see when it comes out. <laughs> you might find one in December. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but that makes it feel even more like a PC now because there's they don't, have to launch with the new game they're just all backwards compatible now and it looks better and they'll just put the same game out on last gen and this gen but if you want the fancier looking edition of it you play it on the new gen just like with a pc when a new graphic card comes out if you want it to the games that you have available to look as good as you want you get the new graphics card don't it just same game just doesn't look as nice well, I kind of want that because I got Breath of the Wild on the Wii U, and I really want to play it on the Switch since then. But I know it's not that big of a difference. I just it's, it's like really not. I want to be able it's to take it with me. I guess at this point, so no, that's nice. That that feature being able to just walk around with your game. Man. The oh. Switch will have that on these other consoles for some. Well, time. no, actually, they won't, um, because you can play your devices streamed now through like PlayStation and Xbox. Um, you can play them like on your phone. Yeah, like you can do that with the PS4 though. It's just never worked well. It's gonna work well for these consoles uh, eventually. Like within the next couple of years, I'm assuming they're gonna get to it. I'm not. I'm not too. Like, yeah, it's gonna depend on your connection to the internet. It's the biggest. The biggest. Which is thing. why it hasn't worked well for me. <laughs> yeah. So if you have like unlimited data or something, and can like just you know plug straight into that then you'll probably be great but like outside of that and the other factor too is you're not going to notice the huge fidelity leap unless you have the right television for it 
which is kind of yeah. something I don't think has really been mentioned much. Damn. The only thing you're going to get out of it is the fast loading times, which is still pretty cool if you haven't ever had like um, super fast solid state on a PC. Well, my TV is like nine years old at this point. So well, I guess I won't severely notice that. No. <laughs> or use the excuse to get a new TV to go with it. Dang it. Come on. I can't buy a TV and a, and a new. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's kind of like part of the reason why I'm sitting here thinking about and getting I one. Cause I did, cause I did get a TV recently at towards the beginning of quarantine. Cause they were all going on sound like, well, I'm going to be stuck inside a lot. Is that your three? And the TV I had was no. Shot um, has a 3D TV, Tyler. So does my mom. I don't have it anymore. I gave it to Katie and Jared. Oh, yeah, that's it. right. When you left for Scotland, you left a lot. Behind. Yeah. Now uh, I have a LG or whatever. That's the one that you want, I guess, for councils from what I've read. Yeah. I, I need to get a new TV um, just because the one in my living room is nice and all, but man, I don't have any quality. So my, my TV just looks like a, a bunch of pixels. But if I don't wear my glasses, then it's fine because it doesn't look any different either way. But you're not wearing your glasses because they're on my shelf right there <laughs> from last yep. last podcast we did. Tyler leaves yeah. his glasses everywhere. He left it at church two weeks ago. I, yeah. Apparently he needs them. I don't <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, like, to drive and stuff, probably. <laughs> that's, that's the most important thing to need them for. <laughs> if you need them for that, I hope you have them while you're driving. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't driven since since then. I, I That's the reason why we're doing this like this is because uh, I was a little sick this week. Um, so I had to stay home from work and do some work from home toward the end of the week. And so uh, I, I haven't been driving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so... We, we've talked about consoles. Now here comes the trick. Can we create spiritual application out of this? <clears throat> I will start. Because <clears throat> this is nerd church, after all. Uh, so I, I wrote about this in my first book, uh, where I had this huge section about video games. I had even one person like come up to me after the book like, yeah, I really enjoyed your section on this. All the video game stuff. Uh, I don't know. I was like, Thank you, I guess. <laughs> but you guys might be able to appreciate this. So uh, here was one of the things I was writing about in that book. Because back then, like when video games first started, if you followed like the... There's there's a good documentary on video games on Netflix, or at least it used to be. I don't know if it's still there. Uh, but it's just generally uh, the history of video games. with it. When Atari came out, that was probably right before me. I mean, I was NES mostly, but when Atari came out, video games became a big deal to the point that, like, they explode. Like, the market was oversaturated, you know? Because um, it wasn't like Nintendo just putting out a few games a year that they've worked really hard on. It was literally, if anyone made a video game, Atari would publish it because they they just wanted the money 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 you know so like eventually the market was oversaturated with so many video games that nobody could trust it anymore because people would make make video games in like you know a few months publish it people would buy it it would be crap and then they wouldn't uh they wouldn't know what to buy next so for like every 10 video games you only had a few that that were worth it 
until uh, nobody knew if they could even even trust video games anymore because they kept spending their money and wasting it. Uh, and then the thing that really sunk the video game industry was uh, the. So the movie E.T. comes out. Yeah, right? crappiest game in the world, yeah. But, like, not surprisingly not bad when you know the story behind it. When you know the story behind it is you had this guy who was basically um, told to... Uh, most of the games for Atari were developed in, like, five to six months. E.T., the movie, comes out, and they want a hit video game. And they paid a guy to make it in five weeks. <laughs> so, horrible game, yes. But is it decent for a game made in five weeks? I don't know. I, I haven't played it. <laughs> Either way... It's bad. It should it's be. It took terrible. five weeks to make. <laughs> like, go pl go play it at some point. It's There's there's probably something online that you can play it through. I'm sure... Yeah, because it was it was a it was a huge hit as a movie, and now when a movie's like license their game to Atari, this was the hope. After all these crap games, like maybe this one will fix video gaming, and it was it was the tickle me Elmo of Christmas, if you will. Uh, I guess that might be dated for Tyler. Right? He may not understand what I mean when I say that. <laughs> when do you think tickle me Elmo came out? I don't know. When you were a kid, did you get a Tickle Me Elmo for Christmas? I was too old for a Tickle Me Elmo. That brought back a weird memory. I remember my <laughs> sister's getting that for Christmas. Totally forgot about that thing. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Tickle Me Elmo, Furbies, you know, whatever you can think with Christmas. This was the Christmas one of that year. Everybody, everybody bought E.T. Everyone's excited. Everyone unwrapped it. Everyone put it in, and everyone played a game made in five weeks and officially gave up on video games on Christmas morning. People were trying to return the game because it was so bad. I mean, they were trying to get their money back. It just, it destroyed video gaming. Uh, there's, there's even been that legend that I think has been proved to be true of landfuls full of E.T. <laughs> if you guys... Yep. Yeah, because they they had these warehouses full of games of E.T. that they couldn't sell. And so they they were unearthed back in 2014 in New Mexico in a landfill where they were now going for $1,500 in auctions online. <laughs> so this game that nobody wants to play because of its now historical ability to sink the, the gaming industry altogether, people are paying over a thousand dollars to get a original copy from a landfill <laughs> oh man don't get it to waste <laughs> but, oh. but that's a nice thing to frame up on your wall somewhere ah his history right here so oh so what's the what's the spiritual application behind spiritual this, application uh, i'm not done yet okay so oh. so next up next up comes nintendo with their trying to bring these Japanese-based games to America in attempts to restore hope in video games because they know that Americans don't care anymore. They've given up. A new hope. A new... As you would put it. Mario. A new hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they were it's well aware... Skywalker. <laughs> they were well aware that America didn't trust video games anymore, and so when they decided to bring this Japanese based gaming to america like they put that do you remember that seal of quality 
Yep, that's exactly what yep. I was talking about before with the uh, Nintendo like yep. approved. Yeah, that was that was intentional. It was their way of saying mm-hmm. like we are not just going to oversaturate the market. I think they even had they had rules as to anyone who published through them how often they could publish through them in order to ensure people yeah. that they weren't just putting things out. And so we go from the like horrors of ET to Super Mario Bros. 3, which is considered by some to be one of the best games ever made because it sold 18 million copies worldwide, you know? So, like, that that's almost unthinkable <laughs> to go from we've given up hope entirely to selling 18 million copies of just one video game. Yeah. And it's pretty impressive. It, it really is. Cause after that, like it starts to bring people's hope back and to think of how we weren't going to do anything with video games at all anymore. Like that was just going to die out. Just like tickle me Elmo and Furby and all that, I guess. I, I don't know. You know like that. Elmo came out in 1996, by the way, just saying. Oh, good. I'm glad we have the research on that. <laughs> But Tickle Me Elmo, you know, these things that go away, video gaming was meant to be one of those things as well until Nintendo restored people's hopes, not with the quantity of what they could offer of video games, but the quality of what they could offer in video games. To the point that a lot of Nintendo games are known to be some of the best games of all time. You know, if you were, I think, to scroll through Metacritic, you'd probably see like Ocarina of Time at 99. At 99% of all video games. Um, and uh, I think even Breath of the Wild was the 12th best reviewed game of all time. Yeah. And that was. Yeah, no, for sure. That was some years ago. So you see them constantly doing that. Uh, so we the... just got through a new hope. And and we that finished. So what's the return of the Jedi of uh, of Nintendo? Is Ocarina that where we go? Time is that? Is, would it be Ocarina of Time? No, it's where Nintendo goes back down and gets gets beaten down by. Oh, that would set. be the Wii, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, probably. Just the whole okay. Wii, you know, like so. So spiritual application, Jamin. I'm still oh, I'm not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> But But I I just want us to remember, I want us to remember video gaming is, is dying out. It's completely about on the edge of being extinct. And yet today in, in like 2016 alone, consumers spent $30.4 billion on games and accessories Something that was almost gone. $30.4 billion. Call of Duty was thought to be worth $10 billion alone just in 2014. Like, So clearly, like trust has been reinstalled. And part of the reason that it was reinstalled was because of Nintendo coming along in a time where no one trusted and saying, we care about quality, give us a chance to, to create quality. And then doing that. And... Uh, I could go on, but I'll, I'll try to start getting to my application point at this point. Uh, this is something that I think the church really needs to take note of. I think, <laughs> thanks for leaning into your camera. I think the church <laughs> needs to take note from Nintendo here. For the last several decades, what our focus has been is evangelistic crusades where we can get qu- qu- uh, quantity over quality. 
where people can say a prayer like it's a magical incantation, now call themselves a Christian, and not really make Jesus's actual teachings and the kingdom of heaven's actual uh, perspectives on life really take hold of their life, but just like, let's Let's get as many saved as we can, which is biblical. Of course, we want as many people to be saved as as possible because that's what Peter says that God is all about. You know, we want people to be saved. He's waiting to come back because he wants more people to be saved. But we have focused so much time over the last few decades on mega church ideologies of just like as many people as we could possibly get. We focused on uh evangelistic crusades as many people as we could possibly get and we've just completely dropped off the side when it comes to like discipleship focus and that was something that even uh willow creek noticed years ago is they took a huge survey of their church in a reveal study is what it was called i was there when they announced that book I was sitting at a satellite church at this meeting and they're like, so we did this study and we don't even want to share it with you, but we feel convicted to do so. Here's all the stats. We have gotten people saved, but no one is growing. And it's like, what? You know, which should have been shocking if we just look around. And I think, I think right now, 2020, this political landscape of what the church looks like, is a shocking example of the kind of Christianity that we've created over the last 40 years or so of this like quantity, 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 but quality discipleship is not our focus. So when you look at Christianity and it's so focused on things that Jesus was not focused on, it's focused on political things that, that Jesus might be like, how are you coming to these conclusions? (laughs) Like yeah. we step back, we're like, this is this is the kingdom that we've created with our focus on on saturating the the market with Christians, but not saturating it with disciples. So there's my spiritual application. <laughs> no, I think that that fits really well, especially with the historical context of like video games and where we come to today, um, where like everyone plays a video game everyone has a council maybe even you have your favorite um denomination of council um <laughs> and uh you know you pick pick out what you want and you pick and choose but ultimately we're all doing um a similar thing um but no one as you said no one's really you know out there trying to perfect this at any point it seems like no one's kind of like trying to be the the best that they can be in, in discipleship no one's trying to be the best that they can be in um in actually like moving forward with the game industry right now honestly um we've talked a little bit about like where we think it would go um with like gaming and as you were talking about that i was kind of thinking about if if it is the same kind of like idea where nintendo is just trying was trying to bring more quality into their market um instead of the quantity of people buying it just like christians christians I think if we kind of take it back with these new consoles that are coming out, it, it's kind of um, the same way still. Um, you know, Nintendo's still doing their thing pretty well. But the other consoles, I don't see them trying to make moves to bring better quality to the games. Like, yeah, they're they're making it look better um, to some people, to people that can afford better TVs, I guess. But they're not actually, you know... They're not actually progressing 
anything forward. They're not trying anything to to like move forward their um their sense of discipleship, right? They're not trying to make their the people that like want to own an Xbox or want to own a PlayStation um want to be more a part of that like group. They're just trying to be like the newest thing that could make them a good amount of money the fastest. Um which I think you're right. A lot of churches are still doing that today, except it's not money, it's people. Um how do I get these people into my church? And, you know, I think even 1208, like 1208 bit itself, like, you know, we've been there. We've, we've thought, you know, how do we get people in? And that's not a wrong thing to think, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a bad thing to be like, how do I get more people to come to church? Like, that's not bad at all. Yeah, it's a, it's not a perfect analogy stuff, here. Right? <laughs> well, no, but like, but it's when you overfocus on that. Cause like Nintendo, like back then they wanted to get more people in, right? So it does, I think your analogy actually fits really well because um, they wanted more people to come in. They wanted to bring people in, but instead of focusing on just making more money off of it, like everyone else was, make a trash game just to make some quick bucks, they thought, what if we made a quality game to make people want to come to us? Or to have because faith in us. We have, you know? Yes, they have faith in us. They they want to put trust in us. They they can recognize us. Um, and in those moments, I think that's that's kind of it actually does hit very, very close to like what the, the church today looks like. So no, that's, that's pretty awesome. I think that fits very well with our, our current, you know, I think a lot of Christian churches over the years have, have felt those kinds of problems, but especially with the invention of like the mega church and stuff like Willow Creek in, in Chicago and stuff like that, you, you definitely start to, um, to see more of those problems. You know, I haven't looked into how are megachurches responding to COVID and stuff like that. I haven't even thought about that. Uh, it They vary. I mean, some megachurches just said we're not even going to meet for the rest of the year. And they said that back in April. Okay. And they they sent, uh, they created thousands of home groups in place of their service. So, like, they so some, <laughs> well, <laughs> some have done a good job. Others have been like, no, we're, we're still going to meet because it's. You know, to, we need to you know, not let the government bring us down as a church. So, like, it's, it's gone different ways. Um, yeah. But okay. uh, most churches that I've seen have done a good job at trying to trying to advocate well. Uh, but even yeah. even in this time, we've seen mega churches. Like, there's been a lot of churches flopping or leaders that have have fallen in this time. Like we're seeing that the mega church model is, is crashing and that it's not the answer. Yeah. And that though it has done many good things for the church in this time, it's also its flaws have, it's been tested and it's breaking right now. Sorry, shot. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I was going to feed into that and saying, you know, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I know a lot of people might be panicking over something like this, probably like Atari panicked back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, God plays the long game. He is patient. And we as Christians should be okay with, you know, understanding that, you know, there might be a short-term dip in believers, but, you know, we got to focus on the long game. And that would be, you know, to put focus on discipleship, like you were saying, to create these high quality, so to speak, in their faith Christians that can go out and through their example, you know, they might not have like a huge list of like people that they've saved, but um, they can have a more 
you know, enriching impact on the people that they do interact with. And it would spread through, you know, word of mouth. You know, like Nintendo didn't sell all those Super Mario Brothers games overnight. Mm -hmm. You know, it it came out, did all right. But then people started saying, you know, hey, this is actually really good. You should try it. And it was through word of mouth that it spread. The same way that I think, like, you know, a healthy Christianity can flourish is through, you know, that small, localized, strong communities and word of mouth from there. Yeah, and I think that's, man, pastors across denominations that I've been meeting with all feel that way right now. Is They keep using words like this is a a sifting of the church and things like that, because the things that people are coming to their churches and screaming about, we're just standing there like, what does this have to do with the gospel? You know, like (laughs) wearing a mask, how does this become political? How do all these... Uh, things that we're yelling about and and whatnot. Like, do you understand the gospel we've been living for years and uh, the points that are being made in this time that the church needs to, like, stand up and be the church to help others, to love others, and to show them Christ? I just think, you know, like, Nintendo came around to say, we really hope to restore your trust because we know that you've seen too much of gaming to trust it anymore and i feel like the church right now that we're having this sifting like just like just like with israel there was this exile of sorts that hey you are going to be if you're if i was to think of you as a tree as as isaiah would say this tree is going to be burned down all that's going to be left is a stump but that stump is going to be the good quality of where that new thing springs out of it's going to be the faithful remnant and i think the church is you know, I, I just think we're in a similar state right now where I don't think the world can trust the church anymore. Sometimes as a Christian and a pastor, I don't know if I can trust the church anymore from the broad strokes, at least in America, that's been painted of us. You know, like we if we we're to restore this back, it's going to it's going to crumble and then it's going to have to be slowly chiseled at until we see till we see it rise up and that's not to say that the church that people aren't christians it's just to say i think we focus so much time on like get people saved teach them about morality don't worry about what they think or if their brain follows jesus and cares about what he cares about just get good people living good moral lives and that's what we'll call christianity so uh yeah, that hurts. Uh, that 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 hurts in a way that like gives me a little bit of motivation to um, mm. to kind of just continue to try to help as much as I can as a person, right? So like, I don't know. I I think a lot of the time we also put a lot of that pressure on uh, pastors to be the ones to be you know going out and making these disciples, right? I mean that is like the job, you know. But at the same time. The church, I feel like, has become so apathetic to taking any responsibility for itself and saying, like, I, you know, as a Christian, need to go out and talk to people about God. I, as a Christian, need to um, be, you know, reaching out. And and I really respect the um, the Christians, especially on, like, Twitch and stuff like that. And the ones that aren't pastors, they don't, you know, um, they don't go to a church. They don't preach every week. But 
they go out and they start communities and just show people what Christ is like through their actions and they lead people to that. And then when those people want to go to a church or something, they're there. They're ready to be like, hey, yeah, man, I, I know of a few places you could go. Let me help you find the place that's best for you. And like, you know, it, I think we just get so caught up in I've just got to, you know, save everybody sometimes, um, which like you do. But like uh, we get caught up in that that you don't want to to kind of like grow anymore. And, and I think the, the biggest problem is motivation. Um, in America, it's really easy to just kind of like turn yourself off to um, turn yourself off to, to like being proud of the things you do, um, being happy about, you know, accomplishing things, but you also kind of turn yourself off to feeling the fire of um, like there, there's like, People, if, if they don't follow Christ, like, what do you believe as a Christian? You know, we talked about hell last week a little bit, and that was, that was spooky. That was scary. But, like, it's also real. So that becomes really scary. And I'm, I'm not, like, trying to say, like, you know, hell and brimstone kind of stuff. But, like, man, if you really believe that Jesus is dying for your sins and that he has the ability to save your friends... And you have a close friend that you haven't, you know, just spoken to about, like, Jesus. Now's the time, right? Like, now's the time. There's no better time than now. They could be gone tomorrow. And I know it's, like, cheap to say, like, you know, well, you should definitely be always doing this kind of a thing. But, like, people know uh, when I'm, like, yeah, I'm, I'm becoming a pastor and everything. And, like, that's what I'm doing People at work will just bring up God to me. Like, that aren't Christians. They'll talk about it with me. Just because I'm a person that they can go to. You don't have to be becoming a pastor to do that. You don't have to be, like, getting more into Like, you don't have to. You can read books, guys, that are that are, that are going to grow you spiritually. You can listen to podcasts that are going <laughs> to grow you spiritually. You can, uh, you can be involved in in all of these things you can go out and help your community and show them what christ would really look like in your community um because you know he wasn't just sitting around uh not like trying to you know like help people he didn't just come down to earth and say okay guys gotta die for your sins so uh i'll peace out real quick no this guy showed up and just continually tried to help his communities as much as he possibly could before he even said you know what okay now it's now it's time well this is this is bad. Please please take this from me if you ha if you can. But you know I'm gonna do it. So you know like this guy. <laughs> come on, we, we come into. Uh, I know that like a lot of the the world today is about putting off our responsibilities and saying you know we put too much pressure on ourselves as a community. Um, in the past, like you know millennials are the reason why the housing market's failing and why you know avocados are getting all the all the money or something stupid but like yeah those are those are stupid things i agree but the thing is you can't be apathetic to the people around you if you want to follow christ you can't be apathetic to the to the people that are living on the street if you want to follow christ and there's ways to help them that isn't just you know walking up to someone that's homeless and being like here's a dollar like go to your local like shelter figure out what they're currently doing partner with people that are currently doing something and just go out and do it. Don't just sit around and say, oh, well, it's a pandemic and I'm I'm helping people by staying home and not doing anything. Be safe, social distance, um, do what you need to. You don't see these big politicians not doing things. 
you don't see the people that are playing sports not doing things. Um, if, if you have health like conditions and stuff like that, you know, yeah, you, you should be safe. You know, stay home. Do what you can from where you can. But like, and you feel sick, stay home. Those kinds of things. Be smart about it. But you can't stop just because we're in a pandemic. And I think that's one of the things I've had to deal with as well. I've had to work through. I've had to push and learn more about um, is life doesn't stop just because the world is in a hard place. This is actually the time when it's it's time to buckle down and do more um, and to, to, to kind of dive deeper and be closer to God. So Tyler's rant's going to come to an end eventually. But, you know, um, I've just seen a lot of people becoming very apathetic as Christians during this time. And uh, as a follower of Christ, I, I just, I, I don't know. I feel wrong if I don't say something. So. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think too, that we're just getting to a new height of how hard it will be. And that there's probably, <laughs> here's a really encouraging words. There may be harder days ahead of us right now. Uh, and, uh, if we're feeling apathetic now, we're going to struggle with maybe pushing forward in, in some of the things we're going to face ahead. Um, but even, you know, yeah. what, what Tyler was saying about we need to do the work. This, again, goes back to megachurch. Uh, megachurch has taught us an attractional model. You just need to know people. If you can get them in our building, we'll take care of the rest. And that's not Christianity, and it's not biblical. The pastor's job from a biblical perspective is to equip the saints for ministry. In other words, make help help coach God's people to do the work. That's that's their job, not to do their work for them. So um, we have to we have to keep that in mind. Yeah, uh, and you yeah. know, you can reach all sorts of different people, like in very important ways outside of doing, you know, living here in Scotland is kind of like looking at it, you know, probably where the States is going to be 10, 20 years in the future after this time where a lot of people will look at the church as being one of the culprits that caused a lot of pain. And, you know, I can tell you, I've had plenty of discussions along those lines with people here and you can use this hardship as a way like a jumping off point to really share like the true meaning of your faith with and get you know more in depth with them you know i a lot of the time i'll just be honest with people when i talk to them and just say you know yes like i actually did struggle with my faith at a couple points in life say like during college years where um i was disgusted with hypocrisy i was seeing within the church and i wasn't sure what like the essence of like my what people's faith should be for a little while but i found my way through it and then explained how i came to that conclusion where i could find it um you know it's even happening with friends now you just gotta they might not you know turn to god overnight but it, it can be a slow process but it's one that is worth doing and we are called to do yeah, I even I I've been trying to make some bolder posts about current issues on Facebook over the last few months. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, well, yeah, there's a lot of people that um, have been sending me personal messages in the background 
essentially, and it hasn't been bad. They've been sending me, we're just so glad someone is approaching this and talking about this and it means the world. And they're not liking or commenting on most anything I post, but apparently there's a lot of people reading it who are touched by it because what they've seen of the church in this time has mm. has rattled their faith as to is this what I believe is this what I'm supposed to believe you know the last the last one I got yesterday was a message essentially saying like I've been sharing your post with some others and they were on kind of the edge of leaving faith or thinking about leaving it or not knowing what to do and reading what you've been saying and how you've been trying to ground it in Jesus and the gospel, what he's saying has really helped them in like coming back to, or not give up, you know? And I'm like, that's, that's a huge part of the reason I've been doing it. It's because I felt like if I stay silent any longer, I'm only adding into this. And I felt God personally convict me. It may not be everyone, but at least me, Jamin, I think I think I'm supposed to be speaking in this time. So so that's that's part of what I've been doing uh is attempts to like help people see the Bible for what it says. Uh and I don't know that we're always marketing that. In a lot of ways I feel like uh the church has been that game No Man's Sky in this time. You ever, got, you ever played No Man's Sky? No Man's yeah. Sky was like huge talked about you know like there are how many planets in it a quintillion 18 quintillion planets in the game like that that's a huge statement uh it would take you 584 billion years to discover them all according to the uh, game creator so like that's that's what i feel like the church has been doing a lot of is like trying to market themselves as we're the thing we're the stuff like you got to check this out and then the game comes out you download it. It's not finished. It's incredibly repetitive. It's boring. And you're instantly like, this is what all the rage is about, you know? And I feel like the church, again, it's like, we do that. If I was using an analogy, it's like, we're, we're yeah. trying to restore with quantity. Check out all the planets, you know? And then you check it out. You're like, this is, this is it. This is what. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you could take it a step further because a lot of the biggest games now are the exact opposite of that. They're not trying to be big and flashy and fake. Yeah. Just like, you know, that game Among Us all of a sudden is super big. <laughs> even though it's There's been out for a couple of years. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because what happened was is, you know, a few people found it and they just started telling people about it. And, you know, it just takes like a few seconds to explain the like the essence of it and why it's amazing. No one's there, you know, from some big billboard or like megaphone saying like this is like the end all be all of everything. It's just going around of friends being like, hey, this is really fun. You should play it with me. And that's that's how the church started. Right. I mean, yep. <laughs> it's just a handful of people saying like there's this one super quality guy. You, you got to check this out, you know, and like, <laughs> oh, dude, this is great. I got to show my friends until finally it's like evolving into something until it starts i think de-evolving into something else because it's no longer matching the quality of that one guy is just talking about him and subjecting him to all different kinds of narratives he doesn't belong in so i don't, I don't know 
Yeah, yeah. Strange, but consoles and Jesus have way more in common than I would have thought. And hopefully Ooh, no. we've consoled you by now. Eh? Eh? Uh, eh? Uh, yeah. Eh? Oh. <laughs> well, is there any more we want to touch base on this? Uh, otherwise, I think we've talked people's ears off for a while. Yeah, I don't know how long we've been on. But I think that uh, I think we just, to tie it all to, kind of together and to say like something at the end, I, I think that uh, the church definitely just needs encouragement to just continue to move, continue to do something, uh, continue to be, you know, the light in the world, the salt of the earth. And, uh, just try to, just try to help your neighbor and show them what Christ would be like here. I mean, it's, I know it sounds like I'm oversimplifying, but it's, it's not those small things that you do every day matter. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just a change of messaging. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. What was that shot? I say I think it's just a change of messaging for me is what I'm seeing. The the common message that was used isn't working anymore. I got to try something else. You know the ones that, the kind of uh, message that fires me up and you know people can see it is not the accept Jesus into your life and everything's going to be perfect. Um, being part of a church and a community that constantly challenges me is much more, um, you know, rewarding and inspiring to myself and those around me. So having, you know, Christ in my life didn't make my life easier, but it gave purpose to my life. I'm not just here to live for myself anymore, Yeah, that's good but idea. for those around me to live out a Christ, like yeah. reflecting the love that I found through him. And I think I'd add out in closing thoughts, um, we aren't about to watch Atari crash we've already done it again i'm not full of super encouraging thoughts today but i think if you were to talk with most secular people about their opinion of the church in this time and the reasons that they give we've crashed it and if we're going to restore hope now's the time for that quality seal of nintendo and the grand analogy here to come out and say like you can trust this uh we're we're not just we're not just focused on like saying a prayer and calling that good. We're, we're going to focus yeah. on turning people towards Jesus, not just in the admission that he's real, but in the admission that their lives are going to look to follow his. So there's that. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, if, if you like this podcast, if you're on Facebook Live and everything as well, please uh, go ahead and just like, subscribe, um, leave a comment on like Apple Tunes and stuff like that, or Apple Music or whatever those Mac people use. Apple uh, Tunes. <laughs> Apple Tunes. Is that uh, a cereal or something? Apple. We should make. I Mac gotta have my Apple Tunes. <laughs> and what Sorry. would it be? It would be like a. It would be like a child, like a little child that has like a green face and it's a leprechaun that's also a bunny that is Sounds also, horrifying this is yeah, some creepy mad that's for a spooky season man <laughs> i'll save it for next year but uh go, go ahead and give give everything a like and subscribe share it if you can um you know and, and it's 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 hard to balance the, that part where we ask for those kinds of things because you know again uh part of the recognition is just if you like something please engage in it you know uh, we, we, we put our time into this because we, we hope that you guys 
um, can both find some enjoyment in it, um, take some time, just have some fun and talk um, and join the group. Um, so if you want to be a part of something like that, we always have the Discord uh, channel over uh, that you guys can join, both for 1208 Greenwood Dinner Church, Jackson Cloud, and for 1208 Bits. So if you want to be a part of any of those groups, uh, feel free to reach out to us. We'll let you know. Um, what else? Uh, Jackson Cloud also streams through YouTube uh, three times a week still. Or are you going down to... It may drop to two with all these holidays coming up, but we have plans for three at the moment. Okay. So three times a week, uh, you can get on YouTube, subscribe to the Jackson Cloud, JXN Cloud uh, on YouTube. And uh, am I missing anything? I would just add, for Nerd Church, we meet Monday nights from 5.30 yeah, to yeah. 9, which Tyler has kind of mentioned. But we've had people... I'm not even sure if they're from Jackson. Join us for Nerd Church because it's offered. Some people will meet in the building and other people will meet online in the COVID season. And then we play some cross-platform stuff. So there's a lot of chance to hang out with us and, and do church with us, regardless of the fact if you live in Scotland like Shot does right now, who's been talking with us. So, Yeah. Well, uh, thanks, Shot, for coming out with us, too. Uh it's always nice to have another person to weigh into this discussion. I think it makes it a little more interesting because uh, Jamin and I tend to just look at each other sometimes and go, what's going on? So, you <laughs> yeah. know, well, uh, thanks for having me. It was fun. Thanks. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Awesome. And as well, uh, we wrap up, Tyler will say his catchphrase of the day. Well, don't, don't squeeze that orange juice too loud, monkey boy. Yeah.